on the air. We're live. The Chicago Cubs are on the air. Okay, just we got issues. Just take it easy, Harry Carey. <laughs> Yeah, that was actually Lou Boudreau, I believe. That's no, it was Jack Brickhouse. They they were. I only know Harry partners Curry. when I was a youngin. You know who really I did a really good impression of Harry Carey, um, Will Ferrell. He did on Saturday yeah. Night Live. Yes, or anybody with a few buds in them, apparently. So That's true. Every Chicago Cubs. I don't think I should have said that. I think that was inappropriate. But get an explicit rating now. So now I'm gonna have to drink some of my real life water. It's real life water. It's our, it's our specially branded water. That's a, that's a whole new church merch thing here. So. What's so special about it? <laughs> we are going to break the internet here for sure. But Hi, everyone. This is why everybody loves to listen to our podcast. Because okay, everybody loves we're Raymond. idiots. Everybody loves Raymond. <laughs> that's what I thought you were going to say. Yeah, so. It's been a day. I'm sorry to include you in that in the plural. I'm an idiot, and Stacy's here. Oh, so. no, I'll gladly accept that title. It's just because I'm not right now doesn't mean it's not a general... Everything. Let's jump right into talking about my sister. How about that? Oh. <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, my sister did a lot of the dishes at home. And, yeah. And it, she'll probably listen to this podcast at and, one, and one say, and a half why speed. are you bringing... Yeah, that's right. So talk Why slow. are you bringing this up? When I was a kid, I had my favorite Chicago Bears glass. Mm-hmm. Had the etching on there, so it said bears on it. And my sister broke it. How dare she? It was it was heartbreaking. And it was glass and breaking. Glass breaking <laughs> and heartbreaking. And I was troubled by it. And and I was you know because I was a kid and you know kids are self centered and adults are self centered. I was mad because my glass. She didn't do it on purpose. She was washing the dishes and you know whatever slipped out of her hand or moving too fast or whatever. I've done it a hundred times myself. Right. And I was angry. And so, anyway, she was full of tears and full of remorse and felt terrible. And she apologized. And, and you know, I did eventually, you know, come to my senses. My my anger was worse than than her breaking it, for right. sure. I, I was in sin. She had made an accident. But uh, she made an accident. She made Sounds an like accident. potty training. Right. <laughs> did you make an accident? <laughs> So Heidi didn't mean to go that direction, but anyhow, uh, oh, the God. thing of it is, it's gonna be a good day with, folks. All, <laughs> with all of the, you know, however it played out, you know, we got done. She was sorry. I forgave her and all that. But you know, what we couldn't do is we couldn't fix it. Right. The 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 glass was gone and it's over. And when we're dealing with life, that's kind of how life works. Is we have things that get broken and we can't fix them. We can't. You know, we can't go back unless, you know, unless you can get, you know, your DeLorean up to 88 miles an hour and the flux capacitor is working. We can't go back and, and travel through time. Maybe the Flash can, you know, you can, or Dr. Strange You're getting can, in and early today. Um, you can, that's just not something that, that we can do and go back and, and fix things. We're going to have to go back to 1918. <laughs> so <laughs> No one calls the heart. We're getting all the shows in. We got Flash. We got stuff we, to we talk got, about. We got <laughs> Doctor Strange. We got. Uh, I know. I know zero point zero zero about Doctor Strange. So, um, but you know everything there is to know about one calls the heart. That is true. But the the fact of the matter is, life has a lot of situations that we can't fix. They get broken, and it's hard. And then we have to figure out 
what to do about it. And Where do we go from here? You try to tell our kids this all the time. You know, I try to tell myself this all the time that we don't control our circumstances, right. but we do control how we respond to those circumstances, what our reactions are, and how we respond. And so. That's what we were talking about on Sunday. If we're uh, in Ephesians 4.1 looking at uh, living a life that is worthy of the calling that we've received, in other words, living in a way that fits who we truly are in Christ, then we need to understand how that plays out when the rubber actually meets the road. When, when, we're, when we're up against it, when the, when the shrapnel hits the fan, you know, we got, need to make sure that we're... Um, the shrap. The shrap. <laughs> Yes, future Nora West Allen returning to visit her parents to meet her dad, The Flash, using 2049. Nobody knows what you're talking 2049 about. 2049 slang. Six of you know. Nobody in the UK probably knows. But, but you know, this, this reality Hello. is... We, and our UK audience just dropped significantly yes, every time we do this. So, anyhow, uh, in things that matter... We're going to face things. We're going to face, you know, death, cancer, divorce, betrayal, you know, all these different things that we deal with. And we got to figure out as Christ followers, what's our response to that? How do we deal with, you know, the, the difficulties of life, the pain and, and all of that in a way that reflects the reality of Christ? Because that's, I mean, ultimately... It's one thing to say that we're Christians and mm. go to church and do all the, the, the Christian-y kind of things, but anybody can be pious and holy and religious when it's all going your and way. And post inspirational things on Facebook. Right, and yeah, that doesn't yeah. take anything. Right. In fact, that's exactly what the devil said in his accusations against Job mm -hmm. is, well, of course Job serves you. He's got you know, everything, you, right? You, you just bless him and you protect him. But smite him a little bit and see if he doesn't turn on you and curse bit. you to your face. Right. And so, you know, God ordains it to be so and, and uh, turns the devil loose on him, so to speak. And Job says, though he slay me, yet will I praise him. Remember when you called me Job on this podcast? I did. Mm -hmm. Well, how about that? I was, I was not Job. Did you have boils on your skin? I didn't. So? I had a minor inconvenience in my life. And <laughs> Well, and truthfully, that's, you know, Paul basically says all of our difficulties, right. it's light and momentary trials. Well, and the thing is, and, and what I want to say before we really get into the meat of this is how difficult this is, <laughs> especially when you are hit with something, whether it be big or small, most things are going to be bigger in your head than they actually oh, are in sure. reality. Yeah. So I think... Yeah, pain makes us self-centered. Right. You know, we, it, everything starts to revolve around us and... You know, I often use the example, you know, if I hit my thumb with a hammer, I am not thinking about the, you know, fine points of theology and, right. and how important my witness is. My thumb is throbbing. That's the only thing in the entire universe that matters right now. And I think you're also more likely to go to extremes when you feel yes. that and, and, you know, not see, I guess, reality, really. But right. you're, you're kind of just thinking one-sided. And so then it makes it very easy for your emotions to take the steering wheel and, <coughs> and that comes out of your mouth or I guess in this in many cases nowadays your fingers when you're typing things on yeah that's, well, whatever I think, so I think social media provides uh, I said I don't I don't know if I said this on Sunday but I did say it in conversation that uh, social media is a lot like alcohol it's mm -hmm. not that it's wicked in itself 
but it does allow opportunities for our wickedness to come out. Right. And so it, it, it provides temptation, it provides opportunities for stupidity and for evil. And so we get behind a keyboard or on our phones and, and we have that the courage that comes with anonymity and then we don't use a filter on our brains and we just kind of puke out our, our emotions all over the internet. And nothing good comes from that. It just, it, it is not helpful. And it's not a place for debate. It's not a place for, for our venting. Um, it might be intended for that. It's just not helpful for that. And so, you know, well, I'm, I'm an adult. I can do what I want. Yeah, but when you get on social media, you're not really acting like an adult. And to, again, to steal from Paul, everything may be permissible. That doesn't mean everything is beneficial. Right. You know, uh, we need to be wise. And particularly as Christ followers, and I, I don't want to... I don't want us to ever be confused. The, the standards that God has are his standards. Right is right, wrong is wrong. But it's foolish and unrealistic for us to expect unbelievers to act like believers. Mm. Our job as Christ followers is to, follow me here, follow Christ. You know, this is an important thing, that we need to be not like everyone else, not justifying things by, uh, by human wisdom and and you know, what makes sense to us in our sense of justice. And so, you know, I see this all the time, and I do it in myself as well, where we kind of, we say it, but we kind of give a wink and a nod to it. So we allow the bitterness and unforgiveness, and we'll even kind of joke about it as if, you know, this is somehow okay. But what we're not realizing is if, if we're embracing that, if we're embracing bitterness and unforgiveness, the Bible is very clear. You cannot be saved while you're doing that. You cannot be following Christ and following your own uh, you know, desire for vengeance or holding on to resentment. If you are not willing to forgive freely, then you do not know the forgiveness of God. That's hard. Yeah. When, when Jesus says specifically, if you don't forgive others from your heart, your, holy, your heavenly Father will not forgive you. That's pretty clear. There's not a, not a lot of wiggle room here. And that is one thing to say. It's one thing to say in a podcast or in a sermon. But what about 10 minutes later when, when you're having those candid conversations? And, you know, not even on social media. The, that's an obvious one. That's, it really shouldn't be hard. It really should not be hard for us to just shut up at some point. But it seems like the hardest thing. So just we need to, to reconfigure our keyboards or our screens so that the delete button is much bigger than the send button. You know, you should have to work to send it, um, but delete should come quickly to us. As we're talking about these things, even in our own selves, we'll have conversations, the self-talk that takes place in our minds, and our, our reactions to these things reflect a worldly perspective. They reflect the, the, the urges of the flesh, the, the, that you know, stuff that we'll call righteous indignation, but it's really pride. It's really a matter of, I'm right and this is wrong and I must destroy all things you know that have to do with it. Or, well, this person deserves wrath. Right. They deserve this. And you're probably right. But we all deserve hell. So anything... And it's not up to me. Anything short of hell is right. grace. Every breath I take, I don't deserve. The fact that God hasn't destroyed me a thousand times over... If I think somebody else deserves wrath more than I do, I don't get it. Right. And maybe they're more unjust in this particular moment. But 
and that does not change it. And so, you know, we've you know we've been talking a lot lately about a particular um, situation here locally that that has a lot of folks in our community up in arms, and people are, are divided um, over this particular issue uh, when when someone is perceived. I'm going to be as careful as I can in saying it is perceived as being wrong by some and perceived as being um, wronged by others uh, where you are, depending on who you're talking about, you are either the criminal perpetrator or you are the victim. Right. You're going to have those kinds of divisions. People are going to get worked up. And because none of us, not anybody, has all of the information that we think we have, only God has all of it, uh, God knows the inner workings of the heart. He knows our, our motives and our thoughts. He knows the things that happen behind closed doors. All we know is the, our skewed sense of what we might call evidence, mm -hmm. whatever it is. I, I think I know what you did and why you did it right. because my mind fills in the gaps. But I don't know. you know. And, and we talked about this you know, so many different times, probably when I uh, was calling you Job. Uh, that that we often don't know, and just like Job, Job, what Job said in in all of his things about God was right, mm -hmm. but he didn't know what God was doing. He didn't know what God knows. Job's friends that God, you know, then rebuked. They what they were saying was not wrong. It just didn't apply because they did not know what God knows. And so, with all of us, we need to learn to stand down and stop thinking we know things. Uh, and, and, and that's really, I guess, the reason that we wanted to uh, make sure we talked about this particular aspect of living the Christian life, how to live a life worthy of our calling, is because of everything that's happened in our, in our government, in our society. You know, we had the Derek Chauvin trial this past week. Uh, the same happened at basically the exact same time as, as our local issue that we were dealing with. You've got a... a, a you know, a government that's, you know, we've seen a pendulum swing uh, from at the federal level from uh, Barack Obama to uh, Donald Trump, uh, back to Joe Biden. Uh, and this, obviously, we know that the president is, is really a picture of what's going on, not necessarily the thing itself. But as these things are, are happening, people are so divided. Mm -hmm. and, and so now we have Vaccines, the... Vaccines. Yeah, whatever. you know, people pick, are divided your, over COVID. You know, it's funny. I've seen people who are... You know, posting. You know, I got my vaccine, and then other people are angry that they're posting right. that I got my vaccine. You know, and the same people on both sides who are saying, you know, especially people who are upset about, you know, um, feeling like their freedom has been mm. uh, encroached upon, uh, who will get really upset. Just let people do what they want. Just let people do what they want. But then when somebody does what they want that doesn't agree with them, then right, they, they get then they get just as frustrated as others. So we all have to take a breath, take a step back, and, and say, wait a minute, what, what is real? Because my emotions will always seem real. My, the way I feel, and I don't generally help the way I feel, I, I control the way I think, but I don't necessarily control the way I feel. Uh, <clears throat> I have to step back and say, despite how this seems, despite how real this pain seems, and, and Pain in its nature seems like everything and forever. That isn't what's real. I have to trust God and, and look beyond that. And ultimately, <laughs> I was just listening to um, 
uh, Todd Friel from Wretched Radio, another excellent podcast and YouTube channel. And as you're, as he was talking about uh, a particular issue, uh, in fact, he was talking about Martin Luther King. He said, theology matters more than anything else. Mm. And I had to digest that for a minute because I, I believe that, but I had, because he said it, then I felt uncomfortable. <laughs> As he said it, you know, sometimes you hear somebody else right. say it and it's like, oh, wait, that sounds uncomfortable. So I'm wrestling with him thinking about it. And that's really true. I mean, everything else is temporary. Everything else is passing. You know, uh, human injustice, the, the, the social ills that we deal with, all of this passes. You know, when, when death comes, it goes away. But our theology remains. What, what we believe about God and ourselves and how those things interact, that's everything. It's literally everything. It's the only thing in life that ultimately matters is how do you relate to God? Who is he? Who are you? And how do those things connect? Which is why we, we want in this podcast to connect the reality of God to the realities of life. Because we're living all the time in this temporary passing right. thing that seems real, but ultimately it, it, it's just short and momentary. And when we, when we were coming up with the, long ago, when we were coming up with the quote-unquote slogan or tagline for this podcast. I was going to say back when I had hair, but I didn't It was after hair, that. So. Um, we, we went through a few different iterations of that. They didn't uh, have of, internet when I had hair. Um, we went through a few different iterations of that and different wordings and how we wanted to you know fit that. And eventually we landed on, I realize we don't probably publish it as much anymore, but uh, the reality of God, realities of life. Yeah. Because at the end of the day... There is one reality, <laughs> and we've talked about that before too. And you know, people who want to say this is my reality, this is my reality. No, it's not. Yeah. There's one reality, right. and I know that. Believe me, you and I have had countless conversations about how uh, how you feel. And you've always enjoyed them. Very much. They're my favorite things that I've ever done. No, how you feel and how easy it is for that to drive what you do and right. how you respond and uh, make you cry and <clears throat> but what you and, and I don't think it's I mean correct me if I'm wrong or if you think I'm wrong and I will argue with you but I don't want to say that you're the things that you feel aren't real in a sense maybe there's maybe there's a different you feel, your feelings are real like and if I feel pained by extent. somebody right. I feel pained that's right we don't but, want to deny or right, negate that right but but just because I actually feel it doesn't mean that feeling is rooted in reality. The feelings are very often, they're, they're, they're a response to our circumstances and stimuli. Right. That, that's always the way it is. If I put my hand in a fire, right. it's, the fire doesn't change. My feelings, though, are inevitable. Right. Right. I can't not feel it. I can talk myself out of it you know, with mind over matter kind of stuff, but the, the, what is happening is still happening. Right. So I don't want to get the idea that your feelings aren't real. Like it, right. it's, it's, you can feel things, sure. but it's, it's how, but we don't, cause we don't want to live in a world where we're focused all the time on what we think things should be as opposed to what they actually well, are. Cause then we would never have any resolution ever. Cause everyone feels different things at different times right. in different ways. Like so, so we want to, we want to focus on, on real life, not, not, you know, Real life in the sense of what we're actually experiencing. We don't want to pretend. We don't want to have this Pollyanna mentality that, you know. And I think that's one of the, um, one of the more obvious problems from, from my perspective with the prosperity teachings that, that are out there. Is that 
uh, it's focusing on how things are supposed to be mm-hmm. in this hypothetical realm. Aside from the fact that it's horrifically not biblical, but um, but I'm dealing with things as I think they should be, rather than as I'm they sorry. actually are. So we want to we don't want to run away from pain. We don't want to ignore pain. We don't want to live in denial. But at the same time, we don't want to be ruled by it. And so right. I don't control my circumstances, but I absolutely control how I respond to them, as I was talking about with my hand in the fire. It's going to hurt. That's how it works. Pain receptors are there for a reason. However, I do get to choose whether I keep my hand in the fire. You know, mm-hmm. that if, I, if I'm going to do that or whether I'm going to do it again, more specifically, I'm going to choose whether I sit there and stare at it and cry, oh, my hand hurts so bad, or whether I'm going to actually get treatment. I'm going to get something to deal with that. And, and that's part of growing up. That's part of maturity. That we have to teach that to our children. When, when kids get hurt, they will just sit and cry. What they're not going to do is, you know, get help. They, right. They're not good at that. Sometimes they'll come and say, Mommy, Mommy. But they'll, they're, they don't hold still well for you. You know, you have to really work at no, all these things. <clears throat> um, and, and we're like that in all of our lives. I think know. that's it's harder to deal with pain, situational pain I think not necessarily physical physical you have instincts as you know what to do but when when you feel betrayed by a person or hurt by another person's word or in a situation that is hurtful that's I feel like that's more of a loosey-goosey I think especially as we grow up right for a kid the physical and the emotional it's all the same as we grow up we learn how to deal with the physical we don't really learn how to deal with the emotional very well a lot and so I think that's when it's easier to make snap decisions and maybe I, I speak one calls the heart <laughs> there's there's message boards and whatever groups on facebook or whatever that i am a part of because i'm a huge nerd and so people are debating all the time no one listening is about this. i know i don't expect you to people are debating all the time about these two men that are you know your team whatever team whatever so sometimes nathan or lucas right so sometimes people say some pretty nasty things like Oh, about a fictional well, TV right, show, right? And like get really into. I've, I've I've never done that. No, but sometimes people are like comic nerds do this as well. So Lucas does this, and he's so disgusting, and he da 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 da. So now what I'm seeing, I've seen it maybe five or six times now in the past couple of weeks. People making comments that say, "You know what? I want to apologize. I've said some." pretty harsh and mean things about blah 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 and like you said yes these are fictional characters but people are saying i you know i'm it's easy to get fired up i've said some bad things i didn't mean to blah 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 so i'm like okay but we all kind of do that these like live time postings that watching the show and you're gonna say these terrible things no it'd be like something they said like three weeks ago and i guess they've just been convicted about about it for the last three weeks i don't know but i think that's what often happens in Yes, whether you're talking about a TV show or real life, you you it's easy to blurt things out or respond instantly and make some kind of snap reaction, and then you have time to let it settle in, and you think about it, and either you feel good about how you reacted and what you did, or you're like, "Yee, I shouldn't have done that because X Y Z." Um, I think something you said actually on on Facebook, you know, going back to that situation you touched on earlier, like. Let's all sleep on this. <laughs> and I think that, you know, was a good idea. And that is generally a good piece of advice when you are feeling a certain way. Um, Reminds me of our memory verse for this week from church, from James 1, verses 19 and 20. 
which says, my dear, in the NIV 2011 lesser edition, uh, uh, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, mm -hmm. slow to speak, slow to become angry, because man's anger or human anger in the new edition uh, does not bring about, doesn't produce the righteousness that God requires. And that's a really big deal when we, when we look at this calling that we've received as children of God. You know, we, and we talked before about the, the, um, the expectations of royal family. Mm. And when it gets, you know, you see a lot of controversy, it's when the royals don't act like royals. Right. You know, when, you know, Harry and Meghan do an interview with Oprah and, and do things that, you know, you have celebrity, but you're talking like celebrities, not like Royalty. royalty. Right. So things are different because it, it's unseemly because of your position. You know, if you're a general, you don't act the same way as as a private. But as princes and princesses in the cosmic kingdom of God, which is, that's who we are. If we are in Christ, we are daughters and sons of the Most High King. And if we don't act like it, if we, if we let our emotions drive and we let our, our mouths run ahead of our, of our more rational thoughts, then we're not living a life, we're not acting in a way that is pure and faultless and, and is commensurate to who we are in our true identity in Christ. And the tough thing about that is people, people might ask, you know, what does that look like? But it looks like Jesus. <laughs> and, it really and, does. And I mean, so we have this. This is when WWJD actually right. makes a lot of sense if we actually study what right. Jesus so did. So we have this clear picture of what it is supposed to be and what it's supposed to look like. But <clears throat> that... I mean, that doesn't make it easier. In fact, in, in many cases, I feel like it makes it more convicting because I'm so often not like Jesus. And we've talked before that, that uh, line from that book that I read where when God sees, looks at you, he sees Jesus. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, I don't act like Jesus all the time. And I, you know, I, so that's like, whoa, mind-blowing to me because whether I have, whether I say something I shouldn't or whether I don't forgive somebody right away for, for doing mm -hmm. something or... It's, it's, it's very convicting, and so it's very difficult. In looking at, at what you just said about that, I mean, that's the beauty of grace. That's the beauty of, of God's faithfulness to us and the, the substitutionary atonement mm -hmm. that we have in Jesus actually taking our place. Or as 2 Corinthians uh, 5.21 says that he actually became sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God. So literally in that sense... And, and Ephesians is just replete with these references to being in Christ, that we've been united to Christ. So then when God sees me, it's not me that he sees, he sees Christ because mm -hmm. I'm in Christ. So that's a picture of this, um, can I say blanket forgiveness? I don't, I don't mean to make it sound like something other than what it is. It, it, it is a comprehensive forgiveness in Christ mm -hmm. because the just one the only just one, is also the justifier, that, mm -hmm. that he became sin for us and that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Not by works of righteousness that we've done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. So that picture is huge, but the flip side of that is also just as true that while when, when God looks at me, he sees Christ, our neighbor, in a different sense, also when they look at me, they see Christ. Right. So, right. Yes. you know, the world around me only knows Jesus 
that I may be the only Bible they ever read, right? I'm, they're going to see me, and they're going to see Christ. Their version, their understanding of Christ is, is what they see in me. And, that, and that's kind of the struggle. I've been, in the last 24 hours, I've heard a couple of different uh, folks, um, some who are uh, Christ followers, some who formally uh, considered themselves that and have deconstructed, you know, to use the popular term now, um, and no longer believe um, because of difficulties in their life. And, and, and it, 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 24 hours, I've heard a couple of different people now talk about Christians, the, the big, you know, cloud of, of mystery, Christians. And Christians are judgmental, and Christians are harsh. And so Christians look at people with bigotry and all these kinds of things. And it breaks my heart, especially when I hear it from people who who are Christians, because it's you know it's just an illogical thing. You know, all Christians are bigots who who hate gay people or or pick a category. And I'm like, well, are you a Christian? Well, yes. Do you hate gay people? Well, no. Well, then your argument kind of falls apart. Right. Do you really believe that the majority of Christ followers live opposite of Christ? Well, that doesn't even make sense because you're not a Christ follower if that's the preponderance of your life. And, and you know, John, in, in his first letter, um, it makes it really clear. If you're in Christ, you don't continue to embrace sin. I'm, I'm uh, embellishing for clarity. But, but once we've been born again, that's not who we are anymore. It doesn't drive us the same way. It doesn't define us the same way. But it does still crop up we're still going to stumble we're still going to have issues you know my my dog is housebroken but every once in a while she still has an accident on the floor she more, makes an accident more she makes an accident <laughs> just like my sister anyhow uh, now my dog is diabetic so we're having issues there but anyhow as we're as we're talking about you know the, this incredible forgiveness that we have which means that god sees christ when he looks at me mm-hmm. my neighbor is only we, we're here to represent him, and in the mm-hmm. same passage, uh, where uh, in Second Corinthians five, where Paul writes that Christ became sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God, we are also assigned the ministry of reconciliation. Right. So we have a responsibility. It's not just that hardships happen to us, but when hardships happen to us—betrayal, death, grief, whatever it is—all of these difficulties when it feels like everything is collapsing and it can never be right again, it can't be fixed, we have a responsibility. It's an opportunity for us to represent Christ because we can't represent Christ as well in any other situation than when we suffer unjustly. And And you can accidentally stumble on that in the Bible because it's everywhere. You can't escape it. I think that's so important because... People are watching, like with a with a at, at best a curious eye, at worst a judgmental eye. For sure, yeah. and they are waiting to see if you if you claim to be a Christ follower. They are waiting to see how you're going to react. Yeah, a, so they can either call you out on not reacting the right way right. or b- being intrigued by it. People want to know if it's real. Right. People always want to know if it's real, and I, I think that's one of the big things you know we look back to you know the televangelist scandals of the 80s when i was in high school to uh to you know even though what we see now people people can smell a rat 
You know, oh, yeah. if you're disingenuous, it's going to show up eventually. And they want to know if it's real. And so our our can job... can put on a face for so long. Well, that's that's why our particular wording at, at Real Life Community Church of, of our mission as ambassadors is that we as a church, we are to reflect the reality of Christ, the fullness of grace and truth, who he is in his completeness. We are to reflect that. Yes, imperfectly, but increasingly, progressively. But we're to reflect that through the relationships that we have. So that means in, in every hardship that we that we suffer, we don't just go through it as people who are going through something. Right. We suffer so that we can comfort others when they suffer. Mm-hmm. We suffer so that we can demonstrate for others what Christ is like. It's an opportunity for us to share the gospel. There is no greater evangelistic opportunity than when everything blows up and gets broken in my life. That's when my faith becomes real. We mentioned before, if everything's right, if everything's good, it doesn't take faith. Faith only matters when it's all you're hanging on to. So, you know, our core reality was, you know, when my understanding of reality is rooted in Christ, if that's, if that's where I am mentally, because I'm a child of God, uh, by His grace, I was dead in my sins, now I've been raised to life um, by God's sovereign grace, and I've received Christ as my Savior, uh, and, and I've, as uh, Paul said in Romans 10, I have, um, I have confessed with my mouth that He is my Lord, my Master. This is His life. He's calling the shots. And I believe in my heart that, that God raised him from the dead that I'm saved. When my understanding of reality is rooted in Christ, then my response to pain and difficulty reflects that reality. And when as somebody claims Christ, when I respond in a way that does not look like that, then I'm revealing that my understanding of reality is rooted in something other than Christ. I'm, I'm rooting it in my own perspective, in, in a human way of thinking, and I've got to put that thing to death because there, and there's so many reasons, you know, so many different things that, that we talked about on Sunday and I just only began to scratch the surface. And I, I hope and I pray that as we go through the rest of, not just the book of Ephesians, but the rest of the, the Bible that we're preaching, that God will bring these things to the fore. Um, <clears throat> I, I kind of closed or, or came toward the end of the, the message on Sunday I shared an anonymous uh, poem that's uh, been around for a while, uh, but I got, uh, uh, I thought maybe strangely, I got more responses to that poem than to most things. That was the thing that seemed to stick with people. And so my cousin, um, who uh, was not attending, uh, but saw it online, messaged me and said, hey, can you post that? Because that, that's really important. So I, I guess I just want to read this anonymous poem uh, called I'm My Neighbor's Bible. And, and that seems like probably a good place for us to close since we're already over. But uh, it goes like this. I am my neighbor's Bible. He reads me when we meet. Today he reads me in my home. Tomorrow in the street. He may be relative or friend or slight acquaintance be. He may not even know my name, yet he is reading me. And pray, who is this neighbor who reads me day by day? To learn if I am living right and walking as I pray. Oh, he is with me always, to criticize or blame. So worldly wise in his own eyes, and sinner is his name. Dear Christian friends and brothers, if we could only know how faithful the world records just what we say and do. Oh, we would write our record plain 
and come in time to see our worldly neighbor one to Christ while reading you and me. So like you said, that's, folks are, are they're watching. And sometimes they're watching because they want to catch us doing wrong. Mm-hmm. I would say most of the time. But in looking to catch us in hypocrisy, they, they get to see the true reflection of Christ when we walk in a way, in a manner that's worthy of the calling that we receive. We will stop there for today as we are over. Surprise, surprise. Not as much as usual. That's true. So thank you guys for listening. Um, I feel like maybe this in particular is a topic that maybe people will have more questions or comments about. So if you do, uh, feel free to email us at somethingrealatreallifeonline.org or shoot us a message on Facebook or YouTube, or you can leave us a voicemail either on the Anchor app if that's where you listen to your podcasts or 269-756-RLCC. And if you are on Twitter, watch for us on the Twitters. That's We're going to be on the Twitters. Soon. So if you are on there, yeah, uh, both the church and the podcast. So yeah. follow them both. And definitely, as you have opportunity, uh, you know, if you like what we're doing and you want to share that with others, uh, give us a, a like or a review on, on your podcast platforms, especially iTunes. That drives a lot of the algorithms. And uh, the five-star review is what makes it go forward. Anything below a five-star is essentially, for the algorithms, is essentially a negative review. So if you want to see more people exposed to what we're talking about here, uh, we'd love to have a five-star review. Or at the very least, uh, I think it would be great just to tell somebody, hey, you know what, I heard this podcast with these weird people who talk about all kinds of silly things, but eventually they get to the point and talk about some Bible stuff. So. Or share uh, videos if you if you prefer to yes, consume yeah, the content absolutely. that way. Every little bit helps, and uh, yeah, we don't get paid for this, so we don't. No, what are we? I doing? mean, I haven't been. Wow, <laughs> gender inequality at its <laughs> finest. Thanks for listening, everyone.